One of my earliest church scarring moments came in elementary school when the pastor of our church was publicly shaming someone with a broken washing machine. It had been working, but it turns out she had done laundry the previous Sunday and her washing machine broke. And so then the pastor wanted us to know that God's no work policy on Sundays resulted in God himself breaking her washing machine. And I remember thinking, does God hate clean clothes? Where is that in the Bible? I grew up in a culture where we rested on Sundays. In fact, we didn't do anything that remotely resembled work. And if I was to be honest, we didn't do anything that remotely resembled fun either. And maybe half of you in this room have had a similar experience. I've talked to a few people that couldn't even go outside to play on Sundays. I didn't have it that bad. But for the other half of us, Sabbath rest isn't really on our radar, maybe not until this series anyway. So here's what I want you to think of when I say Sabbath rest. It's time set aside to rest and to relax and have fun and to experience God. That's it. Sabbath rest allows a little quiet into our lives that helps us to experience the rest of God. The things of his nature and his presence that we miss in our busyness. So what if we've gotten it all wrong? thinking that somehow Sabbath rest is a rule we need to follow instead of a gift we need to accept, take, unwrap, and play with and use frequently. For growing up, for me, it was a rule, it was a command, and I dreaded Sunday afternoons because they were incredibly boring. And when we look at this as a command, then it sucks all the joy out of it, and it makes it an obligation and not a gift. But what if God's intent with giving us Sabbath rest was so that it was a gift for us, something for us to find joy and look forward to and have fun, something to make our hearts sing. Maybe this was God's intent in having us take a break once in a while. So maybe he gives us permission to rest without guilt, without shame, without apology, simply because he says that we can. God invites us I want to go as far as saying God lures us into rest and he paints a picture for us in the middle of creation and he desperately hopes that we'll follow in his footsteps. So he does this in the first few opening chapters um, of creation in the Bible, but this invitation to rest comes a little bit later. It actually comes in the middle of the Ten Commandments. This particular command doesn't start out as thou shalt not like the rest of them. This one starts out, remember, remember. So we're going to look at this as an invitation today and not a rule. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, The words will be on screen. You can follow along. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, which we all have, nor your animals, nor your foreigners residing in your town. Here's the invitation. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. God rested. And so he invites you and I into that rest too. He set aside special time to cease from work and to cease striving, and he invites us to do the same. Doesn't that sound wonderful? 
Why do we resist this? Why do we fight against this grace-filled invitation? So a couple weeks ago, I went to a friend's wedding, and my husband works nights and weekends. So my wedding date was my one-year-old daughter, Lily. And during the reception, Jeff Mickey was sneaking her M&Ms. It took me a while to catch on to. This was her first time being introduced to sugar, and she was loving every minute of it. Ugh, talk about high energy on the dance floor. The next day, she was exhausted. She was cranky. She had no idea why she was feeling this way, and she had no idea that a well-timed nap was exactly what we all needed in that moment. So I wrapped my arms around her three hours earlier than normal, and I rocked her to sleep because I saw it from a mother's perspective. She had been up late. She had partied the night before, as only a one-year-old can, and she needed to sleep. In that moment, she struggled against my embrace, and finally, the invitation to rest lured her away to peace-filled slumber. Rest was exactly what she needed, but she needed to be lured into it. And this is exactly what God has done for us. Have you ever asked yourself why God rested after he created everything? Certainly not because he was tired. Have you ever pondered the idea that perhaps he was resting for us, and by resting he was showing us how to truly live? And by resting he's inviting you and I into that rest because we are the ones who are tired. He's given us permission to give away to his enormous embrace, to wrap ourselves deeply into his arms, and to sit a while in his presence and enjoy him. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. We are to remember that there's time to work and there's time to play. And so this is to be our rhythm too. Work, then rest. Work, then rest. Work, and then rest. God spent six days creating. He separated light from darkness and land from sea. He created plants and animals and trees and birds. And he created Adam and Eve. And then he sat back and he looked over, over all of it. And he said, it is very, very good. What was left to do? Nothing. So why not just enjoy what he just created? The perfection of the garden, the intimacy of the relationship with Adam and Eve. Can you just picture God sitting back, legs kicked up, looking out over everything he created, and just simply enjoying it? When's the last time that you enjoyed something that you created? How often do we linger over a meal we just created and savor every bite? How often do we mow and trim and weed? Do we just kick back in a lawn chair and enjoy the order we just brought out of chaos? God shows us how to rest. God's idea of rest and enjoying his creation was walking and talking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. Adam worked. His job was to name all the animals and then take care and tend to the garden. But in the evening, it looks like he too stopped and just enjoyed time with God. And I don't know what they did. Maybe they had a giant tree swing. Maybe they swam in the ocean. Maybe they hunted through the garden until they found an interesting new fruit tree and experienced tasting it for the first time. I don't know. It was short-lived, but this invitation to rest dates back to the time of the garden, to the time of perfection, where God's main invitation was to rest and to enjoy life and to enjoy the things that give life. So how is this a command? 
It's not. It's not a rule to be followed. It's an invitation to accept, to be invited into, and to participate into. And so this is my invitation to you this morning. Remember, remember the Sabbath. Remember that there's time to work hard, but then there's time to play hard. There's a day to get lured into the rest of God and to imitate his way of life and a day to celebrate our good hard work that we do the rest of the week. But before you balk thinking, Julie, there is no way that I'm going to do this. There is no way I'm going to set aside an entire day to do nothing other than have fun. What about this? What about enjoying some Sabbath moments throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your month? Sabbath moments are time set aside to rest, recover, and to cease from work and to have fun. So in preparation for the teaching, this teaching, this is exactly what I did. Um, I'm just going to share a few things that brought me life and refreshment over the past couple weeks. And I hope that this helps expand your paradigm of what a Sabbath rest or Sabbath moments could look like. I really enjoyed the past couple weeks getting up really, really early on Sunday mornings, because I'm a morning person, and going for a long run in the woods. And then meeting up with my family at the Cedar Falls Farmer's Market for pork choppas. And if you happen to put Hanson's cheese curds on them, oh my gosh, pure heaven. I highly recommend it. The other things that I enjoyed this week was um, after my daughter went to bed, my husband works nights, like I said, I would go out and sit in my hammock with an ice-cold beer and the book I was reading and my dogs and just swing in the wonderful June night breeze. That brought me life. Another thing that brought me life was leaving a sink full of dirty dishes after dinner and going outside to play with my daughter. Now, those dishes are actually still sitting there because I never have trouble deciding between housework and play. I'm going to choose play every time. But when it comes to actual work, my job, the things I get paid for, for me, I choose work every time. But you know what? These past couple weeks, I chose fun twice. Instead of eating lunch at my desk two times, checking things off my list, one day I chose to take a walk with a friend. And it rained on us halfway through, but it was glorious. I came back just really refreshed and encouraged. Another day I drove across town to my friend's house. She lives on the river, and we sat out on her deck overlooking the river, and it was sunny, and it was 80 degrees, and we ate lunch and had a great conversation. And it just really refreshed my heart. Work might have been speaking in my ear that entire time that you don't have time to do this. You have all these things that need to be getting done and all these things people are waiting for. But you know what? I survived. You will too. Those few hours did more for my heart than checking things off my list ever could. And so right now, many of you might have voices in your head speaking in your ear about all the things you need to get done this afternoon. And how in the world could you even possibly have come to church today with all the things you need to do? But you know what? This moment right now is about rest. It's about sitting in the presence of God and enjoying him and enjoying each other. And you have chosen well. Even though I'm suggesting that you take this afternoon off also to do nothing else other than have fun, rest, and enjoy and play and find something that brings life to you. Are you listening to those voices? Or are you listening to the voice of your loving Father? who wants you to enter into his rest. Here's the deal. If we wait to rest until our work's done, then rest is never going to come. 
Now I know God appeared to have all his work done, but he's God, we're not. So we have to take our moments in the middle of work or in the middle of life, in the middle of our busyness, in the middle of raising our kids to enjoy some of these Sabbath moments. Sabbath is actually a gift for us. And yet this is so opposite of what many of us have been taught our entire lives. Jesus, when he was being criticized for breaking the the Sabbath, he made this abundantly clear. This is what he said to those who opposed him. He said the Sabbath is made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Where did he get that idea? I just read you God's instructions about it. It comes in the middle of rules. So where did Jesus get the idea that the Sabbath was actually a gift for mankind and not the other way around? I believe he observed this from the second retelling of these commandments um, given by Moses. It's worded slightly different than the one I previously read to you. But I believe this is where Jesus picked up on this idea. And I'm going to read this one to you. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or your donkey or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Sounds pretty familiar. Here is where it differs. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Did you catch it? In the first account, God invites us into rest by reminding us of creation and by demonstrating what his rhythm looks like. Work's done, it's time to play. But in this account, God invites us into rest by reminding us that we were once slaves who couldn't rest, and now we're free and we get to rest. The Sabbath was made for us and not the other way around. Don't miss this. The Sabbath rest is first about imitating God and also about liberation and freedom. The freedom to stop all of our relentless striving. This is what God said to the Israelites. You were once slaves. Rest or work, you had no choice in the matter. The option was made for you. Rest, day in, or work, day in, day out. But no longer. The Sabbath is made for you. It's a gift. When God brought the Israel, when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they had taskmasters who lorded over them with whips, and they worked them from sun up to sundown, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Taskmasters loathe rest, and they create a culture where rest has to be stolen, and then it's not rest because then there's always the fear of being caught. Do you know what happened to the Egyptian taskmasters when God freed the Israelites? They drowned, all of them. It's horrific, but let's be clear on this. God didn't want the Israelites to be slaves. He went to extravagant lengths to free them. He sent tons of plagues, swarms of flies and gnats and frogs, just to name a few. So remember this. Remember this. 
Remember so that you never reconstruct what God has removed from you. Don't place yourself back under the taskmasters who beat you, who work you till your fingers bled. Don't piece back together the things that God has removed from you. And so maybe some of us have a taskmaster or two living with us. These voices in our head that push us to work, 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 never rest, never slow down, never sit down. Remember, Sabbath rest is about liberation and freedom. And some of us just need to learn how to let our taskmasters drown. To refuse Sabbath rest is to refuse God's good gift of freedom, to, let, to bleed the voices in our head rather than the voices of our loving Father. Slaves don't rest. Slaves can't rest. Slaves, by definition, have no right to rest. Rest, as it turns out, is a condition of liberty, of freedom. And God invites us into this rest. It is a gift. It's not a reward for a job well done. It's a stop work order right in the middle of everything, simply because God says we can. So a couple years ago, at a previous job, I started taking Wednesdays off um, to, to write. It was unheard of. So on Mondays, I always looked forward to this day because although writing is some of the hardest work one can do, it was a day that I really loved and it refreshed my soul. But by Tuesdays, I always started stressing about it, thinking, oh, I can't take this day off. I have all this stuff I need to do. These people are waiting for me. They expect me to do this quickly and efficiently. I don't think I'm going to be able to take a day off this week. Can you hear the taskmasters in my mind rising up as soon as the time to work or to rest approached? And every week I battled this. But you know what? Here's what I learned. Sometimes the things that make the most lasting impact are born from a place of rest, are born from a time we give ourselves permission to sit back, rest, and enjoy the presence of God. And for me, that's writing. So about two months ago, I received an email from somebody I'd never met. She had stumbled across some of the things that I had written years ago. And she sent me an email. In essence, she told me that she had started a prison ministry to mentor prisoners, some of which were serving multiple life sentences. And she said the things that she was sharing with them were some of the things that I had written those Wednesdays when I had shut the taskmasters out of my mind and, and wrote. And she said their lives were changing. Those days were a gift for me, especially in the midst of busyness. But somehow, God made those days a gift for these prisoners too. Isn't that incredible? What might I have missed if I refused this gift of rest? What might have those prisoners missed? What are you missing because you refuse to rest? What's the world missing? What's your family missing? Slaves don't rest. Slaves can't rest. Slaves have no right to rest. Rest is a condition of freedom. And God invites us. God commands us to live in freedom. So what do we do? Here's my entire teaching summed up with a nice pretty bow. God wants you to rest, and in order to rest, first we have to take some time off, shut those taskmasters out of our mind, and cease doing everything we think we should do, and then use that time to do something fun and enjoyable. Use it to connect with God, Use it to connect with your family, your spouse, 
your children, or even your own heart. And so here's some simple ways, very, very simple, stupidly simple ways to put this in practice today. Instead of cooking lunch, I want you to go to your fridge and pull out all the random things like pickles and blueberries and go outside and have a lingering lawn picnic. Take some of those stupid dad jokes from last week and make each other laugh, right? Listen, tell stories, ask questions, spend time together. After that, pack up everybody and go swimming. It's gorgeous out. There's never gonna be a more perfect day to do this. But if swimming's not your thing, then go for a walk. Instead of jamming earbuds in your ears, take time to just go in silence, listen to the birds, walk slowly, don't record it as exercise. Just go and tell God what you're grateful for. It's gonna be great. For some of you, this is perfect. The next idea, go home and take a nap. Just shut down for a while. Give, your permission, give yourself permission just to sleep for an hour or two. This last one, I expect everybody in this room to do. Okay, ready? Go out for ice cream. My dad used to do this when we were young. We'd go to church on Wednesdays, uh, Wednesday nights, and then sometimes after church, he would just randomly pull into McDonald's parking lot, and we'd all get ice cream cones. And it is literally one of my favorite childhood memories. How simple, how fun, but how much did it last in my memory? So go out for ice cream. Everybody in your car will cheer if you do this. I give you permission today. Take a break, find some joy, pursue the gift of Sabbath rest, whatever that might look like for you. And then look for God in those moments. It doesn't have to be super spiritual. It doesn't need to be. Remember, Sabbath rest just allows a little quiet into our lives that helps us experience the rest of God, the things of his nature and his presence that we miss in our busyness. And I promise you, he is going to meet you in those moments of rest and fun, and you might just know him a little bit better afterwards. So I just hope that you will accept this invitation today. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of Sabbath. Thank you that you created it with us in mind. Thank you that you lure us into this rest and this rhythm of life that lets us stop and reflect on our good hard work and appreciate the things we do throughout the rest of the week but also that it's just a day to sit back and experience you, to have a little fun, to have a little downtime. And God, I just pray that every time those taskmasters, today, tomorrow, this next week, rise up in our head, that you'll just remind us and lure us back into that rest where we can experience you and your nature and your presence in a way we didn't before. God, thank you for this invitation. Thank you that unlike every other circumstance you want us to rest and to find rest in you. God, we just thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.